My name is Tracy B. Allen. I'm the owner of TBA Consulting. I help social entrepreneurs to develop systems and processes that allow them to design, build, and fund their dreams as well as maximize their social impact in the community. Hey y'all, I am Ty Boone, and that's where I go with the y'all, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I am owner of Ty Boone Enterprises. I am a nonprofit success strategist and a program development strategist. I help organizations move from startup and struggle to sustainability and success, hopefully without the traditional headache and counsel. But y'all know sometimes y'all give it to me. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Change Agents Podcast with your host, Tracy B. Allen, social enterprise and small business funding strategist and the owner of TVA Consulting Group. The Change Agents Podcast is about empowering change agents, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and nonprofits with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts needed to design, build, and fund their social ventures. in working with nonprofit organizations. I am a social, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a nonprofit success strategist. And again, been doing this for 20 something years, so there's a lot of record keeping that's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just in for nonprofits, but for your own personal business as well. So um, like I talked about initially, uh, the whole reason for the series is so that we ha- can teach nonprofit organizations, social enterprises, social impact businesses, how to keep good records because you're open to being audited at any point in time, either by the state, the federal government, or the people who entrust you with their monies to help the community. So making sure that you have great records, I mean, like down to the last penny type records is extremely important to make sure that you have that transparency factor, which makes people wanna like and trust your organization. And that like and trust factor helps you to get more and more funders to back your organization. Yeah, I mean, I like that you said people who entrust um, you to do, you know, with their with their monies, first of all, because mm-hmm. especially in nonprofits and people, nonprofit, foundations and public charities, we forget that we do not own this, right? That this is public. And when you are accepting public funds, then this is public information. So if I'm just a random person on the street, I'm public, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you're getting as far as money, whatever your numbers look like, as far as your service, that's my business. I have the right to know what is going on in your business. I mean, you don't own it. And because you don't own it, it's, it's really kind of up to the public. And you talked um, a couple of days ago, I guess it was, when we were talking about annual reports and um, where you should place these things like on your, you know, your, your social media or your websites or whatever, because it's public knowledge, right? And when you're, when you're displaying something publicly like that, you want to make sure that you are displaying accurate information, <laughs> it's not number one. Um, and keeping in mind that you may be audited, that people then and institutions will come back to look for what you've done to make sure that what you were saying is accurate. Right now, a lot of states are having to, um, to audit businesses. Um, and and Tracy's thing is the PPP, you know, the idle thing, but a lot of people got into that stuff 
early in the year due to COVID, not even thinking about, hey, we have to keep records. We still have to keep records. Even after we got this gift, we got this grant, we still have to manage it and we still have to keep records of it. Right. And that's one of the things we mentioned on Monday was when it came to grant compliance. Because a lot of people get the monies from the grantors, but they forgot to read that, read that little line that talked about the reporting status of the monies that the grantor gave to you. So that's another way in which you have to stay compliant. Anyone, if anybody gives you money, like I donated to an organization this Christmas. If I want to see a list of who these um, my donations went to, that organization would have to open up their books and actually show me, yes, or some type of proof that what I gave was actually distributed to who I say it should go to. You can't just use monies the way you want to. So keeping accurate records not only for um, financial compliance is important, but also keeping records of who you've served. So we always talk about data and data collection and why data is so important. You have to make sure that you're keeping these records in a secure place and that you're using those, the information, the record keeping that information that you're taking to drive your mission forward as well. Another form of record keeping that I like to talk about is having a, what's called like a corporate binder. And this is a, a, a binder, a physical binder that you should have, be able to put your hands on and it should have all of the pertinent information necessary for your business to be successful or if a grantor asks you for something. So everything from your determination letter or your articles of incorporation, your EIN number, your insurance documents, um, tax returns, everything should be organized in this corporate binder and anyone in your organization should be able to go put their hands on it and produce a document that is needed. It should also be kept in digital form as well because we know anything can happen, a fire, a flood or whatever. And this is information that you're going to need to have um, for many facets of running your organization effectively. So making sure that you have that binder and everyone in your organization knows what's in the binder and where to find it. And also having a backup in a digital form is essential when it comes to record keeping. Yeah, you made me think about Hurricane Katrina, and I'm not gonna tell you how old I am, but I remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I, work, I was working in the university, think, or either at a service organization when Hurricane Katrina came, and I remember that they didn't have all of this stuff, all these systems that you're talking about. They had one way to store information, either it was on paper. We had moved up to electronic um, data storage quite yet at the time. So it was a whole mess, even keeping a you know track of who was HIV positive. I think I was working at the HIV service organization at the time. Like, who, who's HIV positive? Who's, who's not? Who had to go back through HIV testing and hearing all over again? They were just diagnosed they're HIV positive and hearing this again, going back to trauma. It was a whole lot of stuff that had to happen just because accurate record keeping was not a thing when that was the, when when that happened. So. Being sure that you uh, keep in mind that things like natural disasters might occur. So you want to make sure that your records are in the same place. Um, you want to have multiple uh, mediums on which to store your records. Like Tracy was saying, you want to have these things backed up electronically. You want to have that binder um, that she's talking about. 
and you want to make sure that you are not the only person who knows where this information is. Because that's also a terrible thing. Exactly. Uh, especially in nonprofits, right? It's like, oh, I'm the founder, I'm the ED, I've got all the information, everything's with me. Nobody else in the organization knows what the heck is going on. So what happens if you're not there? What happens if something happens to you? Who knows how to pick up and what to pick up in order to move on, move the organization forward? There's some hands up. Uh, right. Before we get to the hands up, we're going to get to you, Gabrielle. But um, when you find an organization like that where only one person knows what's going on and where things are, you know that, that that person did not take the time to do any type of strategic planning or succession planning as well. So that's like a red flag, basically, that there's a problem going on in this organization. Okay, Gabrielle, I'm going to put you in so you can ask your question. Hey, Gabrielle, go ahead and ask your question. Yes, yeah, so I have a two-part question. When you refer to record-keeping as far as who donated what and kind of where all that money, well, not kind of, needs to be, you know, where the money went, um, you know, down to even person or with people, for example, who tracks that? I know overall, the organization overall, I know, but as far as which, uh, I guess, committee or which board member or who would kind of kind of force uh, over something? Well, the first person that will track that. Oh, I will ask you your first question. The first person who will be tracking that information is the ED and then the um, they would report to the board of directors. So the person who's in charge of the day-to-day -day operations of the organization is usually the executive director. So that's the first line of defense. They should know everything that's going on in the organization, where the monies are being spent, who's doing what, and then they report to the board of directors. Ty, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, um, you're, you're right. I just agree with what you're saying. Um, the executive director has that job, you know, that job is to be responsible and to know where the funds are and where they're going. Um, you also, if you have someone in your organization who does, you know, development work, development director, they can also keep uh, keep track of that. And depending on how large or small your organization is, you may not have that person. Um, you also want to have people who are going to monitor your program activities. So every, everything that you do has to be monitored. Um, usually if you have Depending on the size of your organization, you might have a program director or program manager who keeps up with that. Not necessarily the finances, but um, your service numbers and your, your outcomes and all that kind of stuff is kept up with by them. But as far as financials go, your executive director first, um, they're going to always report to the board um, about what's going on in finances. And you have your development director who is also usually having their hands in funding. So you want them to be able to track where the monies are going. Thank you. And then the second question I had, when you were talking about strategic planning and you know helping organizations figure out who, what, when, where, and why, and all that, what is that person called when I'm trying to research and find on so God and this for me, literally from A through Z? What, what is that title called if I can start looking for someone or looking for something like that? It's called Tracy and Ty. 
No, seriously, it's called Tracy and Ty. We're consultants. That's what we do. That's literally our job. We help. Ty works exclusively with nonprofits. I used to work exclusively with nonprofits at one point in time, but I've transitioned into working with social enterprises, which um, can be for-profit businesses with a nonprofit cause or hybrid nonprofits. And I work with um, for-profit businesses as well. So it would be someone like Ty that you would need to get in contact if you're a nonprofit organization. Do one of these things that Tracy is talking about, where you have your for-profit business with a, with a non-profit. <laughs> it gets to be like a, a, a whole lot of culture. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I'm really trying to drive home to my group about how important it is to keep accurate records because you cannot dare mix your for-profit monies with the non-profit monies in the wrong way. They have to be two separate um, bookkeeping systems. So you can't have any commingling of funds. Right. I saw a post today on, on Facebook where somebody said, uh, you can't use your nonprofit money to, to pay your bills whenever you're struggling. <laughs> that's, that's the truth, right? That is the truth. You yeah. don't own the nonprofit. This is not your money. And no matter what kind of business you have, you want to keep record of your money and where they're going, where they're coming from. You want to have something, you know, at a... I, I like Wave and I like QuickBooks kind of minimally just to kind of see where stuff is going. You can draw reports and things from there. But you want to make sure that you, are, you are, have something in place to help you know where your finances are going. And, and that's just not, that's just one part of it. There's several different pieces to the puzzle and different ways to track your, your finances, your, your programs, and your services. I am happy that you just said that. Um, I'm going to invite you in a minute. Um, um, when you talked about Wave and QuickBooks, right, that brings us back to the tools aspect. Waves and QuickBooks are good, are good tools for tracking the financing. But you also need, like we talked about, to track your clients, right? And if you're not in a position starting out to purchase a software like, um, what is that one that I always, Salesforce or something to that effect that can be very, very costly. Um, you at least need to know how to become friends with Excel so that you can make Excel spreadsheets that can manage your, um, your CRMs until you are able to upgrade to a system that can do stuff for you automatically. But you should know every single client that has ever walked through your door, whether you've served them or served them not. You should be keeping track of that stuff, all the demographic information. So if you referred them out to another agency, why did you have to refer them out? What agency did they go to? And then you should have some type of um, affiliation with the agency where many of you are not trading confidentially, um, confidential information, but you at least know if the person did reach out to that agency and whether or not they were able to help them. So stuff like that are things that you need to keep track of as well. And I'm going to let Renessa in. Hello. Hi, Tracy and Ty and everyone else. <laughs> good afternoon. Good afternoon. You know, you have some good stuff to add. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, we, I said, we know you have some good stuff to add. Well, let's see. Um, <laughs> because I, I don't know. Kind of jumped in um, after you all had started, but one of the things that kind of popped in my mind um, when you 
talking about record keeping and something I remind clients of is that there are, you know, depending on what type of business you're running or what kind of services you're providing, um, there will be some requirements for how long you have to keep records and in what format you have to keep records, depending on um, the regulatory agency or your funder. So that's another um, aspect of record keeping that people should be aware of. Um, what was something else I wanted to mention? Um, do you have any follow-up on that comment while I think about what <laughs> No, absolutely, you are correct. Like we know with taxes, you should keep your taxes for up to seven years. In the nonprofit and business world, it's the same thing. There are certain um, records that you need to keep for a specified amount of time and in a certain format. So you are correct with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some agencies may not realize that some of those services may be considered um, medical information. Right, so HIPAA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's also requirements for HIPAA, mm -hmm. also for the length of time and the format in which you're um, keeping those records. Mm -hmm. um, so just being aware that there may be some regulations around um, time frames. Exactly. Um, the other thing was, another thing that I think I run into um, a lot, especially with smaller or newer nonprofits, is when I ask them if they're keeping information about their programs, you know, do they know their service numbers? A lot of times they don't, and they haven't been keeping track of that because they think it's some, they have to have some major uh, program or they need to have some you know, a person dedicated to collecting information and data or running reports, it really, you know, um, record keeping is, can be as simple as a sign-in sheet, an Excel spreadsheet, a form, um, you know, job form. It can be really simple. So I just always want to remind people that, you know, you don't have to have some big built-out digital program to keep good records. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm old school, and I used to love everything Excel and Access, right? Because it came with the computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 Whatever, I got free scroll, everything is right. And get this going. I used to love Excel and Access for just keeping up with just information. And like you said, um, some, some of the information and data is very basic. Like, who came? So silent. Right. right. right.
spreadsheet. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's absolutely true. Don't think that Yeah, that's what I said. Collection systems have to be right. so extravagant and, and really difficult to use. Exactly. That's why I said make Excel your best friend. You know what I mean? Take an Excel class and learn how to really work Excel so that it works for your benefit and you don't have to spend a whole ton of money on buying a um some software. I want to make one other quick point. Mm -hmm. and, and just from the perspective of being a consultant. So sometimes when I have a new client and I ask you for their data information, they may actually say, yeah, I, I keep all of that. I keep those mm -hmm. And then they want to bring me a box of notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like showing up to the tax lady at the end of the year with your box of receipts. Yeah. Right. So in that form, it won't just be record keeping alone. It would be also collecting data, data that you're going to need to get funding. So like Renessa is, and I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong. I always say it wrong. Um, uh, it's a Ronisha. Okay. So Ronisha is a grant writer. I'm a grant writer. Ty is a grant writer, right? And we're also all consultants. When we go to write a grant for you, there are certain information, certain data 
demographic information, um, service information that we're going to need from you in order to write this grant effectively. So you need more than just a name and an email. You need to know the sex of the person, the age, um, some financial um, information, um, just basic demographic information is what you're going to need to store. Think about like when you go for a job or you go to the doctor, think about the type of questions that they ask you so they can have accurate information. So when you, if a guy shows up and says their name is Joanne, they have certain things to prove that, you know, Joanne, you're not Joanne. That's the kind of information that you really want to start um, collecting on the clients that you're serving. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Ty, can you try to let her in? Because it's not working for me. Ty, can you try to let in? Um... I tried to let her in, but I think she put her hand down. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. The growing pain. If you have me on speaker, you probably need to take the speaker away from me. Oh. That shouldn't be because I've seen um I've seen rooms where Okay, change agents. Thank you for joining me today. And remember, there's someone in your community that is waiting for the programs and services that you provide, and it is your responsibility to make sure you get it right. Until next time, have a great day.